This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate your tuning in to watch today. Now today on our telecast, we're going to talk about the needs we have in our lives today. We're living in some rather unusual times. What are the things that we need to survive today? I didn't say be successful. Most people are interested in survival. What are the needs of man today? We stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. And it is free. There's nothing that we uh, uh, advertise or, or promote on Getting to Know Your Bible that we ask you for your money. If we tell you about a, a Bible course, it's free. Any CDs of any of the lessons that you hear on this telecast are free because we're not asking for your money. We just want to make it available so you can learn more about the will of God. And so today we're going to give you an opportunity at this time to, to, to get the Bible course. We want to pause for just a moment so you can learn more about the course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from the sixth chapter of Matthew, beginning in verse 30, and I'll be reading to the end of the chapter. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. What is the greatest need of man? Well, someone says, I, I need good health. Or another says, I need more money. Someone else says, well, I need more food for my family. Another might say, well, I need clothing. Another might say, I need education. And I'm sure all of us are concerned about having security. The thing that is interesting to me and encouraging to me is that God knows our needs. Jesus said, He knoweth that you have need of all these things. You see, God knows our needs and anticipates our needs. We're, we're living in some times that are very perilous in many ways. 
Paul talked about perilous times when he wrote in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. He said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. But you see, men have been in perilous times for hundreds of years. And we too live in days of peril. And in light of the day in which we live, what are the needs that we have in our lives? First of all, I want to suggest that we need some confidence. We need confidence. We need confidence in, in God. Many have lost faith in God. And, but, but we need to have confidence in Him and trust in Him. David in Psalms 11 and 1 said, In the Lord put I my trust. I trust Him. And we need to have that kind of confidence in God. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, Blessed is the man uh, that trusteth in the Lord whose hope the Lord is. So we need to have some confidence in God. We need to have confidence that our God can supply all our needs. Philippians 4 and verse 19. We need to have confidence not only in God, we need confidence in ourselves. I'm not talking about having an arrogant attitude or a haughty attitude, but I'm talking about the confidence that we have of what we can do when we have God on our side. Paul put it like this in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so with God on our side, there isn't anything that we cannot accomplish in the realm of that which is right. But we need confidence in other people. Paul had confidence in Timothy. When he wrote to the Philippians in Philippians chapter 2, he was wanting to send somebody to the church there to help them. And he said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. And that was Timothy. Peter had Jesus to encourage him by saying in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have thee that he may sift thee as wheat. But, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, but when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. You see, Jesus had confidence in Peter. Did Peter falter along the way? Yes, indeed. But Jesus had confidence in him. And he said, when you are converted, I want you to strengthen the brethren. And Peter is the man who preached the first recorded gospel sermon under the Worldwide Commission as is recorded in the second chapter of Acts. We need to understand that we're in the people business. And we need to not only have confidence in God and confidence in ourselves, we need to have a measure of confidence in other people. So we need confidence today, but we need contentment. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, Paul was talking about contentment. He said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And then he said, We brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we shall carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. Contentment. There were two boys that were out in their front yard and there was, a, there was an old log out in the yard and they were sitting astraddle of that log and they were pretending that the log was a horse. 
And they were saying, giddy up, go, giddy up, go. And as a man walking down the street stopped and said, boys, that's some slow riding, isn't it? And they said, yes, sir, but we're getting the most out of what we've got. That's contentment. Getting the most out of what you have. You say, how are we going to be content? How can I live a life of contentment in the turbulent times in which we find ourselves living? Well, you're going to have to work at it. That's the way anyone ever learns to be content. In Philippians 4 and verse 11, Paul made this observation about contentment. I have learned in whatsoever state I'm in therewith to be content. Do you know where Paul was when he made that statement about being content? He was in prison. He was in a, he was in a dungeon. And yet Paul said, I have learned to be content. You see, we have to work at it. And we need to count our blessings rather than counting our bruises. But sometimes we'd rather count our bruises than to look at the blessings. Suppose you were to make a list of all of the blessings that you have. In the words of a song that we often sing in some of our services, count your blessings, name them one by one. It will surprise you what God has done. Have you ever stopped and, and analyzed all of the blessings that you have? Paul put it like this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything give thanks. You learn to be content if you'll work at it, if you'll count your blessings and not your bruises. And then you need to think about how bad things could be. It could always be worse. Things could be worse. I remember many years ago when I was just a young preacher visiting a, a dear sister in the hospital and there was a, someone else in the room with her. There was a two-bedroom and, and uh, the lady in the other bed was, was dying. It, it was obvious that she only had a short time in which to live. So here I am visiting with this woman who's supposed to be a Christian and I asked her sister, how you doing, oh, Brother Lambert? It's terrible. It's just terrible. I feel bad. All things are bad. And, and, and she was the kind of a person that the sky was always falling in her life. Everything was always so bad. She was a dear soul, but that's just the way she was. I, I said, yes, ma'am, I'm sure things are bad. But how would you like to swap places with her? And I pointed to the lady in the next bed. And she looked over there and then she realized how bad things could be. It could always be worse. Things could always be worse than they are with us. When we can learn to be content by learning to appreciate the simple things of life. Listen to Paul again. Having food and raiment. Let us therewith be content. The late T.B. Larimore, preacher of another generation, said, We need but little here and need that little long. There was a knock on the lady's door. When she opened the door, there were two little boys standing there out in the cold. And she could tell by looking at them that they had a tough life. She could just tell. And she asked the boys if they would like to come in out of the cold. They said, yes, ma'am. And she said, boys, would you like to have some, some hot chocolate? And they said very politely, yes, ma'am. She says, well, sit down here at the table and I'll fix you a cup of hot chocolate. 
and she fixed the chocolate and she put it on the table there in a cup and the cup inside of a, on top of a saucer. And the boys were drinking their chocolate and she heard them talking to each other. And they were looking at the cups and the saucers and one of the boys said, they match. They match. And she said, finally the boys finished drinking their chocolate. And they walked out, back out into the cold and went on their way home. And all she could see that they left behind were their little footprints on her floor. And there were the cups and the saucers on the table that matched. And she said it was just a simple thing. But she said evidently the cups and saucers at their house didn't match. And she began to think about all of the other things in her life that matched. Sometimes we take the simple things for granted. Even things like food and clothing we take for granted. We need to learn to appreciate simple things in life. We need contentment. But in addition to needing contentment, we need cleansing today. The whole world needs cleansing. And the cleansing that the world needs is from sin. It needs to be cleansed from sin. The whole world lies in sin, in wickedness, 1 John 5, 19. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans 3, 23. And that which will cleanse the world from sin is blood. Not any blood, not animal blood, as was used in the Old Testament, but Jesus' blood. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. What do we need today? Well, we need confidence. Absolutely. We need confidence. We need contentment. But we also need cleansing. And that which will cleanse us of all of our past sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 9.22 says, Apart from the shedding of blood, there is no remission. And so if you have not had your sins cleansed in Jesus' blood, may I encourage you to do so? It's His blood that washes away our sins. Revelation 1.5, Unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. And when that cleansing blood washes away our sins is when we as penitent, confessing believers in Jesus Christ are baptized into Him. Now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord, Acts 22 and verse 16. What are the needs we have today? One of those needs is cleansing from our sins. And think what a different world it would be today if the whole world would come to the foot of the cross and have sins cleansed 
in Jesus' blood. But something else we need today is courage. We need courage. Paul had courage. In Acts 28 and 15, we're told that he thanked God and took courage. A man by the name of Hugh Walpole said, "'Tisn't life that matters, it's the courage you bring to it." We need to have courage. We need courage to stand for our convictions. Do you have the courage to stand for what is right? Here you are in the workplace, and you see things going on in the workplace that are not right. Do, do you have the courage to stand up for, you, for what you know is right? Do, do you have courage to stand for what you know is right when it comes to, to our whole nation? Do, do you have the courage to stand for what is right when you go to school? When you see other, other of your classmates, they're cheating on tests and they're, they're doing things you know that are a violation of the will of God, do you have the courage of your convictions? And we need to have courage to bear bravely the storms of life. Oh, yes, indeed. We need courage. These are some of the great needs of modern man. And we will never outgrow these needs. There will never be a time that you do not need cleansing. There will never be a time that you do not need contentment. There will never be a time that you do not need to have all of these things in your life. You need confidence, contentment. You need to have cleansing. And we need courage. But another need we have is consecration. Consecration. The question is asked in 1 Chronicles, the 29th chapter and verse number 5, who's willing to consecrate himself unto the Lord this day? How would you answer that question? Are you willing to consecrate yourself unto the Lord this day. I think Paul was talking about consecration to the Lord when he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In uh, contrast to the dead sacrifices of the Old Testament, we are to present a living sacrifice to God, and that's to be the life I live every day. I think this is the idea of consecration, is that, you're will, that you will sign your name at the bottom of a page, and then you'll let God fill it in as He wills. I believe consecration is the answer to the, to the problems that confront our world today. I know that consecration is the answer in the home. If we would dedicate ourselves to making our homes what God wants them to be. A home where there is the reading of the Bible, where there is prayer, and where the family worships together. That we need to consecrate and dedicate and commit ourselves to that in the home. Consecration to the Lord is, is, is the answer to the ills of society. And we have so many problems in our world today. 
It's mind-boggling when you think about it. But there is a simple solution. There is a simple solution. Who is willing to consecrate himself unto the Lord this day? Well, when you consecrate yourself unto the Lord, dedicate yourself to the Lord, commit yourself to the Lord, surrender to the Lord, you call it whatever you will. When you do that, it's going to solve so many of the problems that you have in your life. Does that mean that you'll never have another problem? Oh, no. You see, it, uh, Christians, Christ, Christians can get poison ivy just like a non-Christian. You see, Christians will have problems in their lives just like other people. But the difference is, when you have Christ on your side, you have somebody to help you with the problems that you have. He is the problem solver. And when you turn your back upon him, then you have to tackle them all by yourself. He is the answer. Consecrate yourself unto the Lord this day. This is the answer to problems we might have in the church, in the schools, in life in general. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Give yourself over to the Lord. Resign your will to His will. You know the reason that many people do not attend church today? And I can't speak for all other churches in the society. I, I'm speaking now from the standpoint of the church of Christ. We, we have those that claim to be members of the church of Christ that do not attend the services any longer. And it's not because they don't need to. It's not because they don't know to. It's because they don't want to. And the reason they don't want to is a lack of consecration and dedication and commitment to the Lord. Young couple was approached recently, and it was remarked to them that we had been missing them in worship. And this young man replied, it's a lack of commitment on our part. I want to ask you something. Will you sign your name at the bottom of the page and let God fill it in as He wills? Are you willing to resign yourself to His will? One man said, I will cut myself off from all things that consume time, energy, and money which do not have in it the redemptive element. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to consecrate yourself to the Lord today? Are you going to cut yourself off from anything that's going to consume your time, that will consume your energy, that will consume your money, that will not result eventually in the redemption of your soul? You say, no, Brother Lambert, I'm not willing to do that. Well, that's the difference in consecration and a lack of consecration. But I challenge you again. This is the need. We're talking about what we need. Not what we want. Not how we feel. What we need. We need to be dedicated to the Lord today. To seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Let me tell you about one of the most dedicated group of people I think I've ever read about in all of my life. 
They were poor. They didn't have much. But they wanted to share the little bit they had with other people. As a matter of fact, they begged for the opportunity to give it to them. And let me tell you what Paul said about them found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. And he's writing about the people of Macedonia. This they did, not as we hoped. It's not what we expected. But first gave themselves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. My friend, that's consecration. That's dedication. That's commitment. And the great need of mankind today is to be dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're living in some strange times. We're living in, in unsettled times. We're living in times that try men's souls. But I want you to know that every need that we have in the days in which we live can be found, can be fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. And would you give your life to Him today as a believer in Him? Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Him, be baptized into Christ. You say, Brother Lambert, I'm a member of the Church of Christ, but I've not been attending church for a long time. Then let me encourage you to repent of your waywardness and ask the brethren to pray with you and for you that God would forgive you and be restored to the fellowship of the church. May I encourage you to do that. Dedicate. We're living in some hard times. People are going through some times today that, that they have never faced before. And we do not know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. And we need to latch on to the Lord in these days. Because let me tell you, the world around us may disappoint us and let us down, but the Lord will never, ever let you down. I want to encourage you right now to, to visit the Church of Christ in your community and begin to live the life that can be found only in Jesus Christ. And, and I want you to visit the Church of Christ and ask them to study the Bible with you that you can better understand the things that God would have you to do. And may I encourage you right now to pick up the telephone and call right now for the free Bible correspondence course. You'll never regret it. You will never regret it. Thousands of people all over the world would be, be, be able to tell you you will never regret it because they're studying it now. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36518.
1-877-711-5280 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>